If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited time offer, so act now. If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited-time offer, so act now. Hey, what's up, folks? Uh, My name is Rob Gorski, and you're listening to the Autism Dad Podcast. The Autism Dad is brought to you by Mightier. Mightier is a fantastic program out of Harvard Medical and Boston Children's. Uh, that uses a wrist strap heart rate monitor and video games to help your child learn to emotionally self-regulate. That means fewer meltdowns. Um, it works for any kid because it's biofeedback uh, for kids. and it, So it works for anyone. Uh, but it's especially effective in kids who are on the autism spectrum. Uh, as you may or may not know, uh, kids on the autism spectrum can have a more difficult time uh, with emotional self-regulation. Uh, my kids are no exception to that. And, and what this does is it, is it finds an engaging way to, to teach them to recognize the feelings in their body, their emotions, and, and it rewards them with better gameplay by, by keeping those emotions in check and calming themselves down and keeping their heart rate in, in, a, in a certain place. It's, it's, it's brilliantly simple. Uh, it's proven science. They have proven that it reduces meltdowns up to 60%. That's good for the whole family. When your child is less stressed out and they're not experiencing distress, they're happier. You know, when, when they're in a better place, as parents, our stress level uh, is lower. And, and so it's a positive thing for the whole family. It's fun. It's engaging. Uh, my kids love it. And they offer a 30-day free trial. So there's no risk. You can give it a try. If you don't like it, you can just send it back. Uh, you can find out more information and read about my journey with my son uh, using this program uh, at theautismdad.com forward slash mightier. That's theautismdad.com forward slash mightier. Um, I, 
I appreciate you guys taking the time to tune in. I know there's a lot going on right now and I'm hoping that, um, more frequent sort of brief episodes where I'm talking about what my family is doing to help manage this, uh, COVID-19, uh, pandemic in, in our household can maybe serve as a distraction. Maybe there's some ideas that, that we're, imp- uh, implementing that may be helpful for you. Um, I'm not an expert on anything COVID-19 or anything like that, but I, I am trying to find creative ways of helping my kids to, uh, make it through what's going to be a pretty extended lockdown period, uh, in our house. And, uh, so that, that's, that's basically the point of what, what, what this is. Um, at the time of recording, it's about, uh, three o'clock PM Eastern standard time on March 16th. Um, the stats for the state of Ohio were just updated and, and there's now 50 confirmed cases, uh, inside the state of Ohio. Um, and the number is growing pretty rapidly, uh, but testing is still widely unavailable. There are people, uh, in my extended family that have, um, symptoms, uh, that I don't have any personal contact with, but just from what I've heard, they have been unable to get testing. They have to wait two weeks to get tested. Um, I don't know that firsthand, but that's just what I've heard. And it seems to kind of coincide with what everybody else is, is saying, uh, about testing not being available. And that's really scary. Uh, so as far as what I'm doing in our house, um, my main goal is to keep us isolated. You know, as an autism family, I guess we're sort of pretty good at being isolated (laughs) to an extent. Uh, we don't normally do it intentionally. Um, but, but now we have to, and, uh, social distancing is so important right now. And and that means that we give up a lot of the things that we would prefer not to. And, and we're not doing it just for ourselves. We're doing it for everyone else. You know, it's important that, that we understand that while 80% of the public, uh, who would get infected would just have mild symptoms and, and be fine. Uh, there's an additional percentage of people like my son uh, who have uh, compromised immune systems, who have underlying health conditions, are very old, um, and and they are at very high risk. And everyone who continues to go out into public and gather in large groups, you're putting everybody at risk. And, and so we are not going to be a part of that. So we have, uh, as I mentioned before, we have stockpiled some supplies to get us through at least a month, probably, maybe more. Uh and the idea is that we just don't have to leave the house. Um, it's not easy. And frankly, I've been, I've been stuck in the house with three kids uh, and no adult contact for, for a while now. And I sort of feel like I'm losing my mind. Uh, but I'm trying to find ways of uh, making this a positive learning experience uh, for my kids and, and maybe try and foster some independence uh, work on some life skills. And so what we're doing is, uh, we're treating this sort of like a zombie apocalypse. Uh, my kids and I play Minecraft together sometimes. And what we like to do is, uh, we have a realm. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's, it's just a, it's a service that you have through, through Microsoft where you can, you can build this Minecraft world online and other people can join in, uh, and you can work together from various different devices. 
And what we what we like to do is we've always set up like we always have like zombie apocalypses where we would just plan for a really bad situation where we would have to be able to hunker down and protect ourselves and stockpile food and resources and things like that. Uh, and then we would just release all these zombies and then we would have to try and survive and take care of each other and stuff like that. So what we decided to do was employ that in real life at this point and treating this like a zombie apocalypse. It's, it's not meant to downplay the seriousness of what's going on. I think my kids understand the seriousness of what's going on. It's meant to sort of take the edge off. We're, we're employing most of the same techniques and precautions that we would be doing for the COVID-19 virus, um, such as uh, social distancing or isolation or whatever. But we're, we're going to do it in a way that um, is maybe less scary and, and just sort of, if possible, make it kind of fun for the kids because I would rather them uh, not be overly anxious or overly stressed out because it's just going to cause things to derail. So, uh, everybody is going to have, um, responsibilities. We have, we're keeping inventory of our food supplies and our water supplies and stuff like that. Um, we're, uh, setting up routines for laundry cause we're going to do laundry more frequently, um, just to help keep things clean. Um, we have trash and recycling and we have, uh, uh, we have like entertainment, you know, whether it's board games or movies or something like that. And so everybody is, is sort of playing a role and they're put in charge of a specific task. And, uh, and it's, it's been a positive thing. I've gotten more cooperation out of the kids recently than I have in a long time. And that's, it's a positive thing. I mean, I wish it didn't take a global pandemic or, or, or a fake zombie apocalypse to make that happen. But it's, it's, it's a positive thing to kind of come from this. Uh, you know, I'm, we're trying to keep, we're trying to eat at specific times. So we have sort of an established routine because kids on a spectrum do uh, much better uh, in a routine. And so, you know, we're going to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and there can be a snack in between. And then we stop eating at uh, seven o'clock. Uh, that's healthy to start with. And uh, it'll help us limit any kind of stress eating or, or things like that. So uh, that'll help to uh, preserve um, or limit um, sort of extraneous, uh, consumption of our, of our somewhat limited resources. Uh, one of the things that, that I'm very concerned about is my oldest, uh, Gavin is 20 and he has a compromised immune system. He has a condition called, uh, common variable immunodeficiency. And that means that he doesn't have a functioning immune system of his own. Uh, so he has to receive donor antibodies twice a week. Um, he is currently out of supplies. Uh, I have not been able to hear back from, I've not heard back from the supplier at this point. Normally they're here by now. Uh, and I don't know what's happening. Uh, but that's really scary. Um, it'd be scary, honestly, even if we were not in this kind of situation, even if there was nothing going around right now and it was just a typical day, that would be scary. Um, each infusion is sort of a temporary, uh, immune system. And it consists of, you know, thousands of people, uh, like donor antibodies from thousands of people. And he infuses them sub Q into his, into his stomach. Uh, and it lasts, I'm not, I'm not sure how fast it burns off, but they overlap infusion so that we never go without. 
and he's due today and we we haven't been able to do that because we don't have uh his infusions supplies yet so that's a little scary and and frankly it makes me want to lock things down just a little bit tighter uh like, like I don't want to be paranoid and I don't want to project this feeling of, uh, of fear for my kids, but, but I need to stress how serious this is. They have to take it seriously. We have to wash our hands, um, limit, you know, you don't touch your face, keep your hands to yourself, you know, just, um, common sense kind of proper hygiene things. Uh, you know, everybody in the house is healthy right now. Uh, I mentioned that we were getting over, uh, sickness, uh, Elliot had tested positive for influenza B and, uh, that sort of went through the house. We've all had our flu shots. Uh, so the, the flu was very mild. Uh, so it wasn't a huge deal, but it was enough to keep us out of, keep him out of school. Uh, and so outside of that, we've had no contact with anyone. And, uh, so we should be in good shape from that perspective. Um, you know, but we have, we have things coming up like, you know, Gavin is on clozapine, which is a very, very tightly controlled medication. Uh, it's an antipsychotic, uh, treatment for schizophrenia and it requires right now it requires blood work every two weeks, which means in order to get a refill for the following two weeks, I have to take him to a very public lab, um, and have his blood drawn. And I have to do that every two weeks until, uh, well forever, as long as he's on it. We've been doing it for years and years and years. And now we're in a place where doing that could be very dangerous for him, especially if he doesn't have his infusion supplies. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was talking with his mom and we're seriously considering at this point uh, working with his doctor over the phone and weaning him off of the medication, which is not ideal uh, at all. But uh, Gavin's not violent or anything like that. He just, he has sort of an alternate world that he lives in and he's a superhero and he fights bad guys and he's, it's a, it's a good versus evil thing and he's trying to protect people and whatever. So it's, it's not dark or dangerous or anything like that, but it can be a lot to take. Uh, and it, and the medication sort of helps him to separate real life from his world and without the medication, everything just sort of blends together and it's difficult. Uh, but it's not a life-saving medication. It's not, um, it's not something that's going to affect his overall health if we don't give it to him. Uh, however, if we take him to get his blood work every two weeks, um, that is very potentially a problem. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to take him anywhere where, where, where sick people are gathering and that's where we would have to go to do this. Uh, and so the lesser of two evils may just have to be removing the medication from his regime at this point. Um, I'm not super excited about that, especially dealing with it on my own. Uh, but the idea of, of risking his health, uh, and safety is just not, it's just not worth it to me. So, uh, that's one of the things that I'm, mauling around right now. And I'm waiting to hear back from his doctor, uh, as to, as to what we do. Um, there is no way the most I think we can go is 30 days between blood work. Uh, and I think he would qualify for that now the way it works. If you don't know how clozapine works, it, it's, it's crazy tightly controlled. So you start out getting uh, a week supply at a time. And so every seven days you have to have blood work. The blood work 
is faxed to um, the pharmacy and the doctor. Uh, when the pharmacy receives it, they go over it, make sure everything is okay, and then it's faxed to this uh, government agency who oversees the distribution of clozapine, and then they approve seven days worth of pills. When you go six months without any problems with your blood work, then you can move to every two weeks. And when you go uh, six months from that without having any problems, then you can go for, th for 30 days. Uh, even if we move to 30 days, it's still going to have to, it's still going to fall inside of this quarantine period. Uh, and there would be at least twice, at least twice that we would have to take him to have his blood work done in a very public place where he would be exposed. Uh, and, and I just, I just, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. And yeah, so I, I, I have to find some kind of balance. I have to figure out what we do. And that's, that's kind of weighing heavy right now. Cause that's sort of the big thing that I'm trying to, uh, to figure out outside of that, everybody's in a pretty good place. You know, the kids are being kids, they're fighting, which drives me crazy. Um, but you know, it's, it is what it is. And they understand that we can't go anywhere. Like we can, we can be in the yard. I think that's not a problem, but we just got to stay away from other people. Um, but we don't live in a neighborhood where it's really safe for them to play outside. So that doesn't really help a whole lot. And I don't know if you can hear the, you can hear the sirens. I don't know if you can hear that or not. Normally we're used to hearing gunshots and then sirens. Now we're just hearing sirens all the time. Cause I guess, uh, there's a lot of people calling 911 for coronavirus related things. Uh, so there, there's a lot going on. It's a lot to digest. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to deal with, uh, on top of the stress of already being a parent. And then on top of that, being a special needs parent. And, uh, I, I think now more than ever, self-care is absolutely vital. And I know that it's a lot harder to do when you don't leave the house and you don't have a break from your kids. Uh, but we got to find ways to do that. And so one of the things I think I'm going to try and do is, is set up some kind of physical fitness routine. You know, um, we have some free weights and some equipment that we can use uh, to just try and keep everybody physically active and, and not, um, I, I guess, letting themselves go in the wrong direction. I, I think it's important that we stay active for health reasons, number one. And two, uh, you know, the exercise helps release endorphins. It helps to naturally battle depression. Uh, depression is something that I battle with all the time. And uh, I'm actually doing okay at the moment. But increased activity around the house, things like that is, is very beneficial. So we're going to try and uh, do something like that. Outside of that, there really isn't a whole lot else we're doing at the moment. It's, it's a lot of, we, we, we sort of binge watched, um, the Lord of the Rings movies. They'd never seen it. Uh, and we watched them Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, I think we're going to do the Harry Potters next or something like that and try and make like a movie night every night, just to help kind of keep them distracted. Um, you know, it's just distraction, redirection, keeping them occupied, keeping their minds on something other than being stuck in the house. I think that's important. Uh, routine as best as we can do is, is really, really important. Uh, so eating at the same time every day, you know, setting up time for their schoolwork. Cause I think, yeah, today, today is the first day of, uh, 
I guess, homeschooling. Um, their school doesn't have, I don't remember if I mentioned this earlier, their school doesn't have online uh, capabilities. So um, we have to go pick up packets once a week. It's a, it's a pretty minimal exposure kind of thing. Like I drive up, roll the window down. Um, they hand me something, I hand them something and, and we leave kind of, kind of like a drug deal, I guess. <laughs> uh, my mom was gracious enough to, uh, do that for us today while she was out over by the school. So she just picked the stuff up and dropped it off on her porch for us. So I really appreciate that mom. Thank you. But I just, I guess we're going to try and find some kind of balance and, and, uh, take it a day at a time. Um, at this point it looks like schools, at least in Ohio, are going to be closed for the rest of the year, which is going to be a really long time with the kids home. Oh, it's going to be a really long time. Um, and I guess really that's, that's about it for now. I, I hope that everybody is doing well. Um, remember to get your information from reliable sources, avoid memes and, and, um, Facebook groups and stuff like that. Reliable sources from public health officials, the CDC, uh, if you're in Ohio, the Ohio department of health, the Department of Health for your state or your, your local city or county or whatever. Um, wash your hands at least 20 seconds, soap and water. Uh, have hand sanitizer available if you do uh, for when uh, soap and water isn't available. Don't shake hands. Cough into your sleeve, sneeze into your sleeve, use a tissue. Um, avoid contact with other people for right now. If you're sick, definitely stay home. Uh, if you're having, I think they say now, if you're having chest pain or, or uh, problems breathing to dial 911 and, and just do your best to make it through. We've all got to do our part. And right now our part is staying home uh, because it makes a difference for everybody, but especially people like my son Gavin uh, and so many other people out there who are dealing with uh, immunocompromised or underlying health conditions. So please, please stay home. If you can work from home, if you can, uh, isolate yourself, if you're sick, get help. If you need it, wash your hands, listen to reliable sources of information and, and don't panic. You know, we will get through this. Uh, it's going to be a little while and, and people are going to get sick. Uh, hopefully we can sort of flatten that curve out like they're talking about and, and, and space things out. And, and in order to accomplish that, we all have to do our part. So, uh, I know it sucks to be isolated and distanced, but it's important. So please keep that in mind. I wish you guys all the very best. If you have any questions or something that you'd like to uh, have me talk about, um, shoot me a message uh, on the blog or hit me up on Twitter. All my information will be in the notes below. Um, you can find me at theautismdad.com. All my social links are at the top of the page. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter. It's just at theautismdad, all one word. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. If you have a topic you'd like to have uh, discussed uh, or you'd like to be a part of a conversation uh, on the podcast, that's great. I'd, I'd love to hear what you have to say and and maybe set something up. I think having a conversation uh, and, and helping people have a distraction, keep their mind on other things is, is a positive thing. So if this helps, I want to I wanna try and do that. So uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Please stay safe and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye.
Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross-trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strength and connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com, that's K-I-N-U-U.com, and be sure to use the code THEAUTISMDAT at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st.